Hello, <laughs> this is Nicholas. And this is Kalpesh. Hey guys, welcome to Ayurveda Digested, where we take this seemingly mysterious, mystical, ancient art and make it accessible, relatable, and approachable to anyone interested in exploring alternative ways for health, medicine, and quality of life. Let's break it down. Hello, friends. Welcome to the new moon. I'm Nicholas. I'm Kalpesh. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Uh, <laughs> it's good to be back. Here. Yes, right? It is. We're having trouble not talking over each other. Soon we'll have technology where it won't matter and we'll sound clear as day. But pardon us as we work out the kinks on being very excited about talking to you. <laughs> and being on the other side of the world. <laughs> <laughs> So I hope all of your manifestation practices have really been working uh, well and hard in your life. I can say that indeed in my life, especially regarding having a yoga space, that's I'm actually meeting with an architect today about it. Uh, it's coming to fruition um, and in better ways because I got more clear about it. You know, in the last episode, I talked about not being super clear and I was receiving not clear results. I got clear and then I met a guy who is part owner of the building and all of a sudden everything was like, yeah, yeah. Super everything easy. aligned, huh? Your thoughts, words, yeah. and actions, they're all aligned. Have you ever had those moments where you're like, wow, that was so easy. Why has everything else been so hard? <laughs> Alignment is key. Exactly. And same with mine. Same with mine. The new, the new apartment's amazing. I'm traveling as much as I wanted to. I just came back from a holiday as well, looking nice and brown again. So things are good. <laughs> Where'd you come back from, Kalpesh? <laughs> I went to the beautiful islands of Corfu and Paxos. I was there for a week, but it felt like a month. Fully recharged. For people who don't know those islands, where are they located? Oh, sorry. Greece, Europe. <laughs> Some people might not know. <laughs> Next to Cyprus and Turkey. All right. <laughs> but it was a good time. I'm slightly jealous, except for the fact that I will be in the Mediterranean in like two weeks. So, <laughs> yeah, we're going to welcome you here. It's going to be a good time. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, <clears throat> as Kalpesh and I like to do, we're going to take you guys through a topic today. So we're actually going to start getting into topics and really digging into them, right? The first couple of episodes were, hey, this is who we are and this is what we're bringing to and what we're looking and setting you know, up the uh, the parameters for which to expect, you know, the, the podcast to show up. But now we're really going to start digging into our favorite subject. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, the first two episodes were about manifestation and thoughts becoming things and bringing them into fruition from a thought that started or emanated in our mind. And we offered practices for you to do. If you haven't checked out those podcast episodes, please go back and listen to them. We're hoping to take you on a journey as we go through this and a uh, I'm talking with my hands again. You can't see me. I might, <laughs> might do this as a clip so that you guys can see me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, so we're taking you on a journey. So really, if you come across this and you haven't listened to the first two episodes, I highly encourage you to go back, listen to them, and even try the practices out that we're talking about, because we hope to really take you through Ayurveda from um, starting points and ending points that make sense to us and are very practical as far as in application. So today we're going to be talking about Sankhya's philosophy, one of the foundational principles of Ayurveda. So do you want to take it away a little bit, Kalpesh, and talk about yes. Sankhya's philosophy? And so those of you who haven't heard of Sankhya's philosophy, it's one of the one of the six philosophies or perspectives about life and existence. Um, just as an for example, an object can be seen from many different angles. These philosophies kind of give us a give us different angles by which to understand our purpose and our existence. And it's one of one of six philosophies uh, developed and seen by Kapil Kapila. Is one of the sages and one of the rishis who essentially downloaded this this philosophy through deep meditation. And this is how some of these philosophies associated with Ayurveda come to fruition through deep meditation. These rishis are able to bring it into the material world to share it with the rest of humanity. But the interesting thing is, back in those days, these philosophies were given orally 
that was a tradition. Nothing was written down because they wanted people to connect soul to soul. And that's why these sutras, these threads of knowledge were given to us um, and to help humanity. And it's been passed down from all those seers through tradition. And now we thankfully have it in written form so everybody can learn from it. Seeing as our material uh, mind is uh, reducing, the quality of it is reducing with every passing generation, right? Yeah. So, I mean... so by, by understanding ourselves day to day in terms of living and maintaining a certain quality of living, this is what these, these scriptures give us in being able to heal ourselves and promote longevity in our, our body, mind and, and consciousness. And Samkhya's philosophy is one of those philosophies which goes hand in hand with Ayurveda um, in order for us to realize what's going in, what's going on inside of us, as well as observing what's outside of us as well. And that we're just, we're all, every single life form is a reflection of the cosmos. And our purpose here is to know ourselves as well as the creator. How's that? I think that was pretty good. I I don't know if I could follow that. That was really good. <laughs> I've, I mean, I've got a few things to add, but I'm pretty, I'm like, <laughs> hats off. It's, it's incredible. I, I've always found it fascinating how, how this knowledge was passed down from those highly enlightened rishis and sages from back in the day. Incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is. I mean, when we're if we're specifically talking about the rishis, you know, we're talking about people in the Himalayas that sat in meditation for God only knows how long. Yeah, we're not talking hours or minutes. We're talking months, years. Yeah, unknown, <laughs> unknown durations, perhaps yeah. durations that we physically couldn't do ourselves because of limitations of our belief systems but that's not what we're here to talk about today so you know to add on to what Kalpesh said and what he said was very thorough and uh, you know very concise which I can appreciate <laughs> that's <was> good <laughs> um, I'll take you through the 24 evolutes principles or sometimes referred to as tattvas of this now again Sanskrit um, depending on the region you know, certain letters may sound certain ways. And so please don't take offense to me pronouncing it any certain way. Um, sometimes V can sound I'm going like to. You know what? You don't even speak Sanskrit. I do. So <laughs> <laughs> also, I can't wait. I'm going to see you in like a week. <laughs> He's going to be here. And we're going to record a podcast live in London. How cool is that for the blue moon? Blue moon. I'm so excited. Once in a blue moon. <laughs> Well, anyway, let's uh, stick on task. <laughs> so we got the 24 principles, the evolutes or uh, tattvas of Sankhya's philosophy. And so everything starts around Purusha. So Purusha is the choiceless passive awareness. Um, in the individual person, it's that inner flame of awareness, right? That thing that when you close your eyes is still perceiving the world. Right. So even when your eyes are closed and you're not seeing the world, you're still receiving the world. Even when you're plugging your ears, you're still receiving the world. There's something that's receiving. And that is your individual slice of Purusha. But that has all kinds of different connotations outside of Sankhya's philosophy. So we're not going to touch that today. Um, just know, mm -hmm. you know, there is a cosmic version of everything and then an individual version of everything. OK, so Purusha then mixes in with Prakruti and all of creation uh, emanates from that, all right? So think about, um, you know, uh, there's creation over here on the right and it's just sitting there waiting to go and then you plug it into Purusha and all of a sudden everything shows up. The lights come on, the carnival starts, all the music's playing, everything's there, okay? And so it's a complete intermix and all of creation relies on both to exist, but it does all start with Purusha. Without Purusha, there would be nothing else. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of debate about that. We even had a long, 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 when I said long discussion in my first year program, 
I mean it. <laughs> My <laughs> friends are probably laughing right now as they listen to this episode because they know exactly what conversation I'm talking about. Um, and that test question. I'm, not, I'm still mad about it. Anyway, so what starts to happen is as creation is coming out of this intermix and interplay of Prakruti and Purusha is you get Mahat. And Mahat is the universal consciousness intelligence, that which knows where everything belongs, where every hair on your head goes or not. Right, Kalpesh? <laughs> it's pretty shiny right now. Can you see that? <laughs> I can. You know, you've had a long work day. <laughs> I don't think I'm doing much better either. <laughs> uh, you guys will see one day Kalpesh is bald, but we're not, we don't hate on that. He's a, he's a pitta. That's just a pitta thing. It's just the way it's all overthinking. Right. So anyway, Mahat then moves down into more of an individual consciousness, uh, uh, a buddhi, and then that actually further differentiates into ahamkara. So ahamkara is another word for ego, but not ego as we understand ego to be this negative force that, you know, is selfish, but ego more in the general identity sense. Um, Dr. Lod frequently calls it the quote unquote I, as in I as an individual, former. So ahamkara is the forming of an identity. All right. And so from there, it then moves and shakes and splits into three there's a lot of themes throughout philosophy and religion about a trinity and in some cases this is no exception and we have sattva rajas and tamas all right sattva is this enlightened feeling rajas is the movement principle and then tamas is stagnation but it's also destruction which then gives more stuff to be utilized for creation so it's very much an intermix and interplay, and all three rely on each other to exist. Now, this is where we get into the specifics for what we're going to be talking about today. So we're going to be talking about the Tanmatras, but before we touch that, Sattva combined with Rajas creates the five sense faculties, the Jnanindriya, so that hearing, touch, vision, taste, and smell. And then we have the five faculties of action, also known as the Karmindriya, and that is speech, that is grasping, walking, procreation, and elimination. We could have long, long, long discussions about why taste has to do with procreation and why smell has to do with elimination. Get your laughs out now, friends. Get your jokes out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even, don't even want to put it in perpetuity, what Dr. Lod told us about things that helped me remember it because I don't know, I don't know how appropriate it is. <laughs> do it. Okay, so... Dr. Lod says the <laughs> you have an upper mouth and a lower mouth and an upper tongue and a lower tongue. And so procreation and taste are interrelated. I'll leave yeah. it at that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the faculties of the mind, right? The manas. All right. So that's all from the sattva and the rajas. So then when you have rajas and tamas, you have the material world, the inorganic. You have that which we experience day in and day out, which includes the tanmatras, which are the subtle, uh, what are the matras? The matras are the, the subtle. The sensory perception is what yeah. we are receiving from the outer world. Yeah. Um... The sound, the touch. <laughs> form. Yes, I'm, I'm having a blank moment. I was going to like, I got you. matra actually has a, a, a meaning and I feel silly because I can't remember right now. And I would have to look through all my notes to jog my memory. But anyway, so each one is associated with one of the elements. And so we have sparsha, which is sound. Oh, no, wait, no, that's uh, touch. Um, shabda, which is sound. Sparsha, which is touch. Rupa, which is form. Prasa, which is taste. And then gantha, which is odor. And so then that's linked to each of the elements. Space, akasha, air, vayu, fire, agni, water, apas, and then uh earth pridvi um there's also other ones um starts with a bh boo so anyway <clears throat> so the tan matras are the the subtle things that you experience in the world so we have sense organs 
because those exist and vice versa. Those exist because there's things to perceive them. And that's where we get into that interesting philosophical debates that you can have about this stuff, right? There are people for thousands of years who have taken this and debated it against each other. Um, Indian, um, you know, history is full of people who would have inquiry and debate and they would have these formal discussions about these things. But, um, and it's very interesting. So if you can look it up, it's really cool. But, you know, without these things to be sensed in the environment, we wouldn't have sense organs to, to, to perceive them and vice versa. So um, you can't have the pieces without the whole and you can't have the whole without the pieces. And so it's this interconnected web. Yeah. The only other thing I'll say is before there was creation, um, you know, as we know it, they call it avyakta. So we were uncreated and then we were created, which is vyakta. Whew. I was not quite as brevity. I didn't have as much brevity as uh, <laughs> yeah, but there was, there was a ton of information. I think it did perfectly well. Um, so <laughs> even the Sanskrit better than what I would have done. Ah. <laughs> but it's these senses that give us our perception of the world out there as well, and it's what creates our own identity and what we become in the outside world. And <clears throat> understanding these than matters uh, is what gives rise to our ability to function. And when it comes to something like Ayurveda, how to actually look after our health in terms of nutrition, lifestyle, the people we surround ourselves with, all these are giving us input to understanding ourselves better. But through these senses also, it's, it's about going back up that chain, which Nicholas spoke about to understanding what creation is about or our own reality of what that creation is about instead of being stuck down in the material senses which many of us do instead using those to actually transcend back up that chain to actually understand our original creation yeah can i interject with the thing that i forgot that i now remembered um, yeah of course you can go for it <laughs> So the tanmatras are the, the gunas, the qualities of the elements. So the elements exist in the world, and then they all have qualities, and those qualities are what we're perceiving. Yeah. And so, as we had said, akasha, space, vayu, air, agni, fire, apis is a uh, watcher, and then privi is earth. So, thank you. And when we think about the the attributes of these these gunas that Nicholas spoke about, you you take something like ether, and it has specific qualities. Ether also space, so it's 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 known as being clear, light, very subtle, soft, and and immeasurable. And the attributes of air is very mobile, is dry. There's a lightness. There's cold, rough, and subtle. When you look at something like fire, it's very hot, it's sharp, it's light, it's dry, and again, it's subtle. With the last two, water and earth, water is very cool, it's got a liquid form, a dull, soft oiliness, and it's slimy. And earth is very heavy, it's dull, static, dense, hard, and gross. These five elements, they combine together to create our doshas, which is what our Western understanding of what Ayurveda literally is. When you speak to anybody about Ayurveda in the West, they'll say, oh yeah, I'm Pitta, I'm, I'm Kapha, I'm Vata. And that's one part of it. But also, it's not all of what Ayurveda is about. And when we when we understand the subtleties of these, of these gunas, it makes us understand why certain people are the way they are. Why, how certain people interact with the environment the way they do. Sometimes we don't gel with people the way we want to, and there's reasons for all of this. And these these gunners all play a part into why this is happening. So you look at the three the three so vata pitta kapha. Vata is a is a combination of air and space. So those two those two um, gunners combining are going to have their own individual presentation you look at you look at pitta 
which is fire and water. And that's going to create its own attributes. And then you've got kafa, me, which is earth and water. And if you think of that, you then understand the interplay between the, the smallest of the atoms within us and also what's happening in the environment outside of us. And everything we eat, everything we drink, um, the people we surround ourselves by, the lifestyle that we live, all of this is interacting with these gunners and then that's creating the output in terms of why we are the way we are, which gives us a good foundation to start from. Again, well said. <laughs> Very well said. Um, and I think the only thing I would add on to that is, so, you know, according to Ayurveda, we're all unique expressions of consciousness. Everything around you is a unique expression of consciousness. So we told you, you know, the Sankhya's philosophy is the journey of consciousness into matter. All right. And so each individual person who is Vata or Pitta or Kapha, there's so many different layers. So they have a mix of, or a predominant mix of air and ether if they're Vata, but they might have more air than the other person, or somebody might have more ether than the other. And then you add in, we all have each of the three doshas within us. And so you can have these unique combinations that create a very, 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 very unique individual. Mm -hmm. and so sometimes models of uh, health don't acknowledge how unique each individual is. And so there are people who are exceptions and slip through the cracks to more generalized procedures. And that's something that has really attracted me to Ayurveda because I could see how unique people are. Like, I mean, it's just, well, yeah, cool. I know out of a hundred people, you know, blah, 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 percent happens, but like, what about the other percent? <laughs> yeah. What about them? Uh, and so. it's that individuality, which is the beauty of what Ayurveda is as a system, because it makes you realize, I mean, from speaking from experience, there was a period of time where we all, we've all gone through these health fads and that this one thing is going to be the magic cure for everyone or this, this, uh, this, for example, intermittent fasting is fantastic. It's brilliant. It works, but it works for the right people and the right kind of presentation of what is needed. There's nothing that's a quick fix and it's not about the symptom or suppression of that symptom. But instead, it's about treating the root cause of the problem based on that individual presentation of that person and the imbalance. And that's what, what is so beautiful about Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. So, you know, one of the tenets of Ayurveda as it relates to Sankhya's philosophy on a very broad sense, um, you know, really is like increases like and then opposites balance. And so if you can start looking at the body, the mind and the spirit or Atman, I know there's, there's um, discussion about whether Atman is soul or not. So we'll just, <laughs> we'll leave that alone. <laughs> but, you know, at each of those different levels, you can start to see where these different qualities are coming in. And, you know, today is kind of uh, not about that topic, but we'll go over gunas as they, as they are. Um, in the in the lineage that I was taught in, there's 20, but different places um, teach different things. And so, you know, I can only speak to the 20 that I know, but there are pairs of opposites. So there's 10 opposites that control a balanced body as far as, or a balanced being as far as what I've been taught is concerned. And I think it's really helpful once you start to understand like increases like and opposites balance as far as proceeding in a healthful manner manner. So like when I think of holistic, I think of a circle. And so if you have yin and yang or whatever, you know, conception that helps you, you know, within the containment of a circle, you know, if one side takes over the other to balance it out, you have to take up more of that space within the circle. So um, when you have those opposites, that's kind of how it works. Mm -hmm. And then we, we, we come on to the whole Vita, Bata, sorry, Vita Kapha debate in terms of what's, what's going on with that. And when, when we think of Vata um, and its composition of, of space and air, 
and its subtle energy. Its, its main functions is to is to govern blinking, breathing, the tissue, muscle and tissue movements, and the pulsation of the heart. And with with Ayurveda, it's about balance. Now, when when Vata is out of balance, if you think of a person who is struggling with fears, anxieties, abnormal movements, overthinking, stress, is some of the these are some of the kind of symptoms of somebody that's out of balance with Vata. And when Vata's in balance, you have a lot of creativity, you have flexibility, it's thinking outside the box. And these these three doshas, they have their kind of positives and negative negatives, so to speak. And when we can pick up on why uh, where, why somebody's presented with so much anger, it's a sign that their bitters out of balance. Um, when somebody's out of balance with kapha, it creates more attachment, it creates greed, possessiveness, and physically it creates congestive disorders through the lungs and the chest. So once we start to attribute the the symptoms of the imbalance with the associated dosha, that then gives the opportunity to start to rebalance. And like Nick said, like attracts like and opposites fix the problem. And then that's what will eventually lead to uh, a restoration of the balance. Exactly. That's great. Um, you know, and one thing, because I always have to have my funny interludes because I never wanted to be a cup of predominant individual because every picture I ever saw showed a Buddha or a fat person or, <laughs> you know, and I understand learning via caricature. Totally get that. But I was like, no, I can't be Kuffa. Yet I had all of the attributes of Kuffa. And, you know, so we're talking to Dr. Lod and he talks about all the ways Kuffa can be out of balance. And, you know, it's not the prettiest, but, you know, any of them out of balance really isn't that pretty anyway. right? <laughs> but then when he started talking about the beautiful parts, he was like, Kuffa's the most beautiful of all. They have hair, hair everywhere. And like he painted this beautiful picture, but then he also did that with Pitta. And then he also did that with Vata. And so, you know, sometimes it's really easy to learn, especially in a society that's out of balance, how to spot people via these imbalances. But it's also important, I think, to remind people to, you know, really see the whole picture. So getting that balance, as we were just talking about, and, you know, being able to celebrate who we are individually, like it's not, it is not in your best interest as a kuffa to want to be pitta or vata <laughs> nor is it in your you know best interest as a pitta to want to be anything but pitta and then mm. let's even get me started on the combinations right you can be any mix of dosha and then on top of being any mix of dosha you can be any mix of dosha plus elements mm. and so these unique expressions allow you to be anything and so in that uniqueness you can celebrate who you are. Now, society in and of itself forces imbalance for some people and other people, it's a great place to flourish. Have you ever met somebody at a job and they just love it, but it totally doesn't work for you? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm thinking about one right now. <laughs> <laughs> when you were speaking about the qualities, you're reminding me of the new Jumanji movies. Have you seen that? where yes. they land into the game and they tap on their chest and this comes up with all the qualities. <laughs> yeah, well, any of my World of Warcraft people or RPG games out there, you know, more power to you guys are experts already in this, right? So basically, <laughs> as you can level up characters and you can choose where you place their different skill sets and things. Ayurveda is very similar, except there's an optimal amount for each person and then if you exceed that then it can be detrimental or if you're deficient so we'll get into terminology about what those different things are kashaya versus vruti and you know things of that nature on later podcasts but for now you know just the reminder that optimal health revolves around a specific set of parameters for your individual body mm -hmm. that might be different than your parents that might be different than your siblings. That might be different than everybody else in the world. If you find what works for you and you're thriving because of it, keep doing it. Completely. 
And in the in the Shushruta Samhita, which is a which is a Vedic text, there is a there's a beautiful sutra which says, "One who is established in self, who has balanced doshas, balanced agni, properly formed dhatus, proper elimination of malas, well functioning bodily processes, and whose mind, soul, and senses are full of bliss, is called a healthy person." I love and that. That's the beauty of it. Do you want to try in Sanskrit? <laughs> I will try. Don't hate me if I mispronounce. I don't never. It's been a rough <laughs> year, so I haven't practiced as much. But every day I'm like, I'm going to practice Sanskrit today. So, Samadosha, Samagnischa, Samadatu, Malakriyaha, Prasanat, Minindriya, Manaha, Swasta, Ityabhidhyate. It, that last word, Ityabhidhyate. Got it. Got it. Nailed it. <laughs> 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 so so that, that sutra is for me that's beautiful because we always speak about health and how this person is healthy or unhealthy but it's not just about the absence of disease it's having those elements in place to actually not even be close to ill health and that, that passage perfectly sums up what true health is really about mm -hmm. absolutely and Again, it's so individualized that if you're really trying to ascribe to a societal norm, some of which may apply to you, but some of it may not, you know, dare to be wise. Um, one of my companies, Devo Fitness, you know, the tagline is sapere aude, which means dare to be wise or dare to know. And it's dare to know for yourself. And one of the most amazing and easy ways to do this is to regularly meditate so that you can quiet the thinking, quiet all of the noise, get away from these things that pull us, right? Our attachment to things, which Ayurveda and some sutras uh, or shlokas say that the root of all disease is attachment. And so some of these things we're so attached to, they drag us, even, even if we don't want to, we get dragged into it. I mean, how many mm -hmm. times have you been like, I'm not going to overreact, I'm not going to do this thing, and then somebody does something, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lesson in those in that as well though right that we that lesson keeps appearing until we learn our lesson and that's the beauty of it absolutely so but yeah meditation is key it's one of the one of the key elements as well as yoga and all these are part of transcending above those mm -hmm. um the the material senses that we have exactly and so it really goes back to the material senses so the journey of enlightenment is the journey from matter back into consciousness. And so you basically take Sankhya's philosophy and work your way back up. And so you're going through various layers of evolutes or the various tattvas that have come into existence and you work your way back up. And so one of the best ways you can do that is through meditation on either the various senses or your senses, your jnanindriya, right? Or there's so many different ways you could approach it, but you know, one of the things that we want to do this week for our practices is have you guys start to bring awareness to some of the things that we talked about. So whether it is the various uh, tanmatras, right? Sound, touch, form, taste, odor, right? And so you're meditating and you're trying to notice things when you're um, eating or doing things. I think I had an amazing meditation not too long ago. I was taking a shower of all things and I was, you know, sudsing up my soap and all of a sudden I caught a whiff of the the oils in the the soap and I was just enraptured. It was just this amazing experience that I got lost in and I I don't know, I I didn't feel like I was there anymore. I was just in the experience. And then as quickly I was like, what is happening? And then I came back and I'm slapped back into my body. But it was really nice for the moment that I was there. Right. And so, you know, we'll, we'll break it down into our more novice or newbies and then maybe advance it for our seasoned individuals. But this week or these two weeks, as we move towards our blue moon mm -hmm. is bringing awareness to the things that you're doing, right? Can I sense all of the tanmatras? Can I catch the sound? Can I catch the touch? Can I catch the form? And we'll talk a little bit more about what each of these things are specifically. What is form, right? Taste and then odor, right? Mm -hmm. 
So I think some of the easier ones, odor and taste, they're so related to our bodies, right? Our bodies are pretty much made of earth and water. I mean, pretty much, you know, but we do have space and we do have air and we do have fire in it, but really, truly, we're mostly earth and water. And so <clears throat> odor and taste are very easy to experience, right? You open your nose. <laughs> Those of you who may not have recovered your senses from COVID or, you know, perhaps you have some other thing that has, you know, gotten to you perhaps taking your time and meditating and trying to develop that sense again, trying to bring your awareness to that part of your body so that it can bring um, information back to you. <laughs> but um, so sound would be not just the sounds that you hear, but if you think about Akasha, which is space, it's like, can you sense the space that's in a room? So when you are sitting and meditating, can you feel the space that's in your body? Can you feel the space around your body? Can you feel the space in the room around you touch right so there is the the sense of actually tactilely touching your skin but think about the touches that people give you day in day day out with their attention on you that person touched me right words are interesting we we choose words very well and as a society we have words that have double entendres and it's really <laughs> nice and then form form is the shape of something Akruti is another word for it. And, you know, it could be the form that something takes in exercise. It's the form of the movement. Um, it could be the form of the energy as it moves or it takes shape within the body. There's so many different ways that form can manifest. Um, but it is interesting that form is associated with sight. Mm -hmm. right? And that it's also sight, but it's also related to Agni. So the Agni creates the illumination that allows us to observe the form that we're seeing. Super yeah. cool. <laughs> and then we have taste and smell. Taste, obviously, we know what that is. But um, I, I often go back to to odor because I um, and I, I'll say I was intoxicated on several occasions. And with my friends, I was like, ah, smells like Meg. But I also <laughs> Like when I, when I'm describing something or somebody, sometimes I'm like, it smells like whatever. And I don't literally mean that it smells like it, but it's the essence of it, which relates to rasa, which is taste and odor, gandha, which is the smell. There's an essence to something and you can sense it necess without necessarily experiencing it through those particular channels, those nyanindriya. So it's, it's very interesting. I, I used to say that. And then when I learned Ayurveda, I was like, oh, I was right all along. <laughs> but it's interesting with this is something i wanted to share actually speaking about this and it's a poem that resonated with me very strongly since i was 14 15 years old and uh it's by marianne williamson and it's it's our deepest fear and the reason i the reason i wanted to share this for me it kind of encompasses what the Samkhya philosophy is about, about transcending our material senses to find our own light, our creation, our purpose as to why we're here and who we are and why we exist, and also fulfilling our true potential. Um, our senses are powerful and they serve a purpose, but our senses can also infiltrate, they can distort our true perception in daily life and take us further away from our inner reality through various levels of conditioning we've had exposure to. So if you can rise above that, uh, ourselves and everyone around us can actually eventually experience their own light. And the poem goes something like this. It's our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. Your plain small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people don't feel insecure around you. We're all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And that's, for me, that's spectacular, that, that poem. It's really beautiful. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite quotes. I heard it years ago and I found it in... Um... 
a return to love is the where it comes from it's a really okay. really great book mm-hmm. you can actually i'm all for purchasing things so that people get paid for their intellectual property but there are versions on youtube where you can listen to the whole book while you're driving just saying eloquently put <laughs> yeah i know so um i think that's a great segue um because as we move from this new moon complete darkness and we're planting the seeds of that which we want to bring to illumination because we have the blue moon episode coming up we had something special planned for you so you know each of us is a unique expression of consciousness each of us is a unique expression of the elements a unique expression of the doshas and so for our novices meditating and trying to connect with the elements and the tanmatras is a great way to start now if you want to do this other activity and or your season and you're pretty confident on gunas and qualities and stuff this is what we would like you to do and we are going to be asking you to create something and specifically with the tanmatras in mind, right? Creating art. Maybe you write something so that people can hear and learn something. Maybe you sing something for the same. Maybe you create a very specific piece of art that as you feel it, you can have different sensory experiences, right? Like for instance, blind people have areas in their brain that become active that allow them to feel through their fingertips in the same way that we see. And then form, right? You could make a sculpture or you could build something. You could do Legos, whatever. And then taste and smell. That one's going to be a little bit harder. But if you took pictures of things that you made, like food or a recipe that you made, you just threw stuff together. I made some great kitchery that I ate before <laughs> I came here. The magic ingredient was cardamom. But try to spice mix. <laughs> <laughs> But try to incorporate the ten matras that we've talked about, right? Or the elements, or we're just looking to have our listeners create art. And you know what? If you're catching this at a later date than the blue moon, which is the next full moon, which happens to also fall in August, um, feel free. Like, I love seeing people do what they're good at. Mm-hmm. I love experiencing it. I love watching it. I love when they tell me about it. I love connecting with people on this level. This is one of my passions. You know, if I if I didn't have to work <laughs> most of the time. In fact, even I have my clients. I'm like, tell me about your art at your house. Tell me about this. <laughs> you know, for me, it's about being in the moment and connecting to people, which is very Kuffic quality. Um, mm. We want you guys to create things and I want you to share it with us. And we also want you to share it with each other. And so um, in the show notes, we're going to have the email to send pictures to so that we can upload these. So on the Blue Moon episode, we can actually refer people back to it and we will potentially feature you guys, including because we'll all be on the same, uh, we'll all be, <laughs> me and Calpet will be on the same screen because we're in the same room. We'll even be able to do it as a YouTube video and show off people's submissions. So it'll be really exciting. Really, 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 really excited about that. But try to utilize that inner flame of awareness to observe yourself as you are and then create from that same space. Just like Purusha, the cosmic you know, beginning, right? Interacts with Prakruti to to create all that is Maya, the illusion, but actually creation itself and bring into the world something new. Mm-hmm. And if it's Tanmatra themed, awesome. If it's Dosha themed, awesome. If it's mm-hmm. Rajas Tamas, the three major gunas, you know, whatever, you know, we're looking to have all this stuff. And like I said, if you're a novice, meditation is a great way to start. But also, if you're an artist or feel called to do art, please do that. And we will feature you. And it'll be really fun and really awesome. And then we have one other special request for you. So um, it relates to our thing that we did in the last moon, right? So we had the new moon, the full moon, and now we're exiting a moon to go into the next one. And we did thoughts becoming things. So Kalpesh. You work in a field just like I do where goals are important. So Mm -hmm. what are some things about goals that are very important for people to to do or have? With goals, it's important to it's important to have something which resonates with you in terms of what is meaningful to you, something you love. 
there's no point just setting a goal for the sake of setting a goal. So what is it you want to uh, materialize in your life? What is it? Is it something you've been you've been looking for, but you've never really had the courage to go after it? Um, whether it's whether it's financial, whether it's material, whether it's uh, a relationship you want to nurture with somebody, whether it's that holiday you've always wanted to go on. What is what is that goal that's most important to you? And write it down, visualize it, but structure the goal in the right way in terms of asking for what you really want rather than beating around the bush. But what is it that you really want? Sometimes we don't sometimes we don't believe in the goal and achieving that goal because we think it's too ridiculous to achieve. But if you think back to Purusha, it's unlimited. It's it's all encompassing. There's no limitation in terms in, in what we can achieve through a goal. And we've got to start thinking in this way if we really want to achieve any goal, because the more we put limitations on any goal, we'll get that limitation. So think of the most ridiculous thing, but believe in it. So that goal, whatever it is, make sure it's ridiculous and believe it. <laughs> I like it. Ridiculous and believe it. <laughs> I'm down for it. I love ridiculous. So here's the challenge. So the blue moon episode is something completely different and we want to showcase your art and we want to, to get that up there. And I'd love to see what you bring into creation, just like Pakruti brings Purusha into creation, right? But it's not even Purusha. Purusha just observes what Pakruti creates and then it just acknowledges it. It just sees it, the passive... Passive choiceless awareness. It just goes, oh, yeah, 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 that's nice. <laughs> so um, with regards to this, we want you to have an envelope, a piece of paper, a card, stock, whatever, whatever appeals to you, right? Something that you enjoy. And we want you to meditate if you know how to meditate. If you don't know how to meditate, just try and sit quietly and really try to bring forth five to 10 goals that you really would like to see in your life in one year. Mm -hmm. But I don't want you to just write three, uh, 10 things and then seal it up and then do it. I want you to sit and really pull it out. And maybe it sounds ridiculous now, but I guarantee you, you will be shocked what can happen. I got very specific one day. I did it all my um, sticky notes one time. Within three weeks, I had four of 10 that I did. Sticky notes. <laughs> And then I found them. I found them a year later and realized that I had manifested four of them within like two weeks. <laughs> there you go. So anyway, we are going to constantly remind you to make sure that you still have this envelope. Each episode, we might be like, "Do you have your envelope?" <laughs> and uh, you know, write down ten things. Kalpesh and I are going to do that too. Um, I'm going to share mine with you. And if Kalpesh wants to, he can, but I know for sure I'm going to share mine with you so that I can reference this episode. So as they come true, and I know they will, <laughs> I'll be able to say, listen to episode three. <laughs> there, it was. there it was. And uh, seal it in that envelope. Again, be creative. And, you know, make this just as much your art as anything else. My craft girls and guys out there, if you want to get the the punch outs and the colored and the glue and the whatever make it fun make it you make it ridiculous those of you who are playing jane own it own it <laughs> right if you make it come to life yeah back, well and not even come to life like if you just need a piece of paper and that's it that's fine right live into who you are and if you like more basic common things that's cool and if you like eccentric things live into that this is really about celebrating who you are. And Ayurveda at its core, whether it says it or not, is about celebrating who you are, who individuals are, what life expresses itself as in that moment with those involved. So we are going to wrap up here. So just to remind you, so those of you who are gonna be joining us on the blue moon, I want you to create something associated with the tamatras, the gunas, the doshas, whatever and bring it in different forms because we would love to see it at the end of this episode there will be an email address that you can email all of your submissions to 
and we'll share them either visually or in description um, to all of the listeners once they're submitted. So that's a special blue moon thing that we're having you guys participate in. And then for this particular episode in, you know, in particular, we are looking for you to write five to 10 goals on whatever kind of paper you want, be as eccentric and fun as you want or not. And then we're going to seal it and you're gonna put it in a place that you can remember it and we're gonna open it a year from now. I can't wait to see where our life is a year from now, Kapesh. <laughs> Two books. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <At least. laughs> living uh, yeah. bi-continental. <laughs> and so novice and seasoned alike, you can choose what makes most sense to you. If you're newer to it and you're not really quite sure what you want to do, meditating on your senses is a great way to get to know yourself, right? Because we all sense and perceive the world in different ways. And it's a beautiful thing. You might actually find yourself after meditating on your senses being inspired to create art. In fact, I would argue that most artists have created things based on these things that came out of their individual you know, perceptions of the world. Ayurveda. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Beautifully thought. Thank you. So Ayurveda is for everyone. And it may be in, you know, an ancient Indian language, but it's for everyone because it's based on the, the tenets of what it is to be alive, going from the subtle to the gross and then beyond. You know, we really are able to see the world for what it is, see our place in the world, and then live in a way that isn't just neutral, right? We always talk about being carbon neutral and being very neutral, but think about having an impact on the world that makes it a healthier place because we're being healthier because we live into our authenticity. Imagine a world like that. On that note. <laughs> All right, my friends, we will see you next time when we are in person together and it's going to be in London in London <laughs> I've never been to London before I'm so excited so if you guys have any recommendations please let me know my name is Nicholas <laughs> all the best would you be shocked if you found out that I'm not really Vata I just play one on TV <laughs> I, I'm not going to pick you up from the airport I was going to leave you there oh no I'll, I'll run to your flat <laughs> All right, my friends, till next time, we appreciate you deeply. And if you are impacted by this and it's something positive in your life, please share with your friends. Um, I've been talking with a lot of cool people lately. We're going to have some really cool guests here for you uh, in the soon, in the, in the near future, in the soon, whatever. <laughs> All right, until then, my friends, peace out. Peace.